Hey, faithful listener. Welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Acts. Well, hello there, friends and faithful listeners. My name is Jen. I'm the host of the Bible Explained podcast. I'm so excited that you're here to join me in scripture reading today. Now, if you haven't signed up for emails over on P40 Ministries, which is the ministry that hosts this podcast, I recommend you do it because I sent out an email yesterday that was adorable. Okay, it was so cute because it was a picture of my dog wearing a space suit. And that's the kind of things you're going to get in the email. You're going to see cute pictures of my dog wearing cute outfits. Last week, we sent out one with him wearing bat wings. Okay. (laughs) And of course, it always has a message. It's not just a picture of my dog, but there's a message in there. And then it shows you different things that P40 Ministries is also doing. The YouTube videos that are coming out and just other things that are going on. So I highly recommend that you go over to P40 Ministries and subscribe to the emails if you have not yet. But let's go ahead and read Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 26. And this little portion of scripture is so hilarious to me. It is so funny. So let's get into this. I'll be reading out of W.E.B., but grab your cup of coffee and your cup of tea and also the version of the Bible that you prefer this morning. And let's jump right in. By the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. They were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. None of the rest dared to join them. However, the people honored them. More believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. They even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mattresses, so that as Peter walked by, at least his shadow might overshadow some of them. The multitude also came together from cities around Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. But the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy and laid hands on the apostles, then put them in public custody. But an angel of the Lord opened up the prison doors by night and brought them out and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. When they heard this, they entered into the temple about daybreak and taught. But the high priest came and those who were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent them to the prison to have them brought. But the officers who came didn't find them in the prison. They returned and reported, We found the prison shut and locked and the guards standing before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were very perplexed about them and what might become of this. One came and told them, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are in the temple, standing and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they were very afraid that the people might stone them. I am just tickled pink by this entire portion of scripture. It's just, it's very, very funny to me. So the first portion, verses 12 through 16, talk about how the church is growing in crazy numbers. And that is because the apostles are all doing these fantastic miracles. And not just that they're doing the miracles, but they're also preaching the words of life to all the people. In other words, they're preaching the gospel to everybody. They were actually standing in Solomon's porch is what verse 12 says. And Solomon's porch was a portion of the temple that was very big. It was very big. A lot of people would go through there. And so the apostles were doing their 
very public ministry and actually a very dangerous place in the temple where they knew that they could potentially get thrown into prison by the Sadducees and the Pharisees just because they were preaching in the name of Jesus. But the apostles were so emboldened by the Holy Spirit that they were able to stand in Solomon's porch and publicly declare the name of Jesus and also to do all these fantastic miracles. So verse 13 and 14 says, None of the rest dared to join them. However, the people honored them and more believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So if I'm being honest, this these two verses actually kind of perplexed me a little bit. They confused me because I was like, well, if none of the rest dared to join the apostles, how is it that multitudes of men and women were being added to the Lord all the time? And so the best explanation I found on this was from Matthew Henry, which is the Blue Letter Bible commentary. And I, I really love that commentary. Matthew Henry describes it as the people were scared to join the apostles. Because don't forget, the apostles were the ones that were publicly declaring the name of Jesus, but also doing these fantastic miracles. And so none of the people thought that they were honorable enough to join the apostles. However, the apostles were speaking life to them and they wanted to join the church. So basically, they did not think of themselves as good as the apostles, because here's what it says. None of the rest dared to join them, speaking of the apostles. However, the people honored them. So you can see that the apostles gained a lot of honor during this time, as we can see from later on in the same paragraph where Peter's shadow was considered to be like miraculous or something. So the people had a lot of respect and honor for the apostles and didn't want to join the apostles in the miracles per se, but they did want to join the church. They liked what they saw, but nonetheless, more believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Now look at this, multitudes of both men and women. This is fantastic if you think about it, because men and women in religious circles before this were always considered to be separate. The women would go worship in one place. The men would go worship in another. But the church totally reframed that. And now men and women could worship together. In fact, the Bible in general was totally countercultural for the time. Men and women were placed on equal standing. In fact, I just read today in 1 Peter about how men are supposed to treat their wives with respect as an equal partner. And same with the wives. The wives are supposed to give their husband respect as well. So the Bible totally reframed a lot of problematic beliefs back in these days. And this is one of them. Both men and women were equal and were allowed to worship in the same spaces together. More believers were added to the Lord is what it says. Not to the church, but to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. But then in verse 15... <laughs> It goes into how Peter's shadow was considered like miraculous. They even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mattresses so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might overshadow some of them. Yeah, that's just superstition. I don't know if Peter's shadow necessarily healed people. I would guess no. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say if... Peter's shadow healed anybody or not. It does say that they were all healed, 
but that's talking about a multitude that came together bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits and they were all healed. So I don't know if Peter's shadow necessarily did anything or not, but you can definitely see a movement of the Holy Spirit. Now I want to foreshadow something here that we're going to talk about very soon. I do wonder if the disciples started struggling with a little bit of arrogance at this point in time, because imagine if that were happening to you. That'd be really hard for you not to get a big head, right? If like people are like laying out sick people so that when you pass by them, they might, uh, you know, get some of your shadow. Like imagine if that happened to you. I, I would have a hard time not having a really huge head at that moment in time. So I do wonder if the disciples were struggling or beginning to struggle with a little bit of arrogance at this point in time. Now, of course, the Holy Spirit was working with them. And so maybe they understood that all of this was just the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. But the sin nature is always in play (laughs) because we are human beings in a sin filled world. And I really, really, really don't like when people nowadays look at, you know, characters in scripture other than Jesus, of course, because Jesus is perfect. But I don't like when people look at characters in scripture that are not Jesus and they're just like, oh, this is the pinnacle of perfection, right? Because they were human beings. And yes, they had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in them, which is awesome and which is miraculous. But this doesn't mean that Peter was perfect. It doesn't mean that any of the other apostles were perfect. It doesn't mean anything like that at all. And so that's a little foreshadowing I'm going to give you because I have a theory about uh, arrogance with the apostles. We'll talk about that in a later date. But anyway, you can see that the Pharisees and the Sadducees in verse 17 were beginning to be filled with absolute and complete jealousy. That's what it says. They were filled with jealousy. So there you go. I mean, even the Pharisees and the Sadducees themselves saw like the treatment that the apostles were getting and they were filled with complete jealousy. Now, of course, they were also jealous of Jesus, but Jesus deserves all the honor and all the praise because Jesus is our Messiah. But if the Sadducees are feeling jealous of the apostles, that just shows how much the people were revering and honoring the apostles at this point in time. It says they were filled with jealousy and laid hands on the apostles and put them into public custody. So they go out and they arrest the apostles out on Solomon's porch. It sounds like they arrested all of them. They put them all into public custody. It says the angel of the Lord opened up the prison doors by night, (laughs) brought them out and said, go and stand and speak in the temple to the people, all the words of this life. So this is what's so funny about this. This actually reminds me of another story we'll talk about later where Paul got stoned, (laughs) like literally potentially stoned to death. So much so that the people thought he was dead and he got carried out of the city gates. But then he like jumped up after being stoned. Either he was like brought back to life or he was alive and just in really bad shape. But either way, he went like back into the city (laughs) after being stoned in that city to go and preach to them again. This kind of reminds me of that. The angel tells the apostles to go back into the temple 
and preach the words of this life. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is life. God is, in fact, life. God gives life. He's the only one who can give life. Human beings and Satan work together to destroy life. God gives life. And that's what the angel says here. Speak the words of this life. When they heard this, they entered into the temple about daybreak and taught. But the high priest came and those who were with him and called the council together and all the Senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. (laughs) So they're like, you know, doing their whole council thing. The high priest is there, whether it was Caiaphas or Annas, we don't know. But uh, the high priest was there. They're ready to judge all of the apostles. And so they're like, okay, bring the apostles out, you know, from from prison. And so it says in verse 22 that they went to the prison, but didn't find them. And they reported, we found the prison shut and locked and the guards were standing outside. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. (laughs) This is so funny to me. Like I said, this just tickles me pink. So then it says, when the high priest, the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these words, they were very perplexed about them and what might have become of this. So they were flabbergasted. That this happened. So one comes back and tells them, Behold, the men you put in prison are in the temple, standing and teaching the people. (laughs) Oh, I can imagine that the Pharisees and the Sadducees are basically like, Did we think we put them in the prison and this didn't happen? Like, what just happened? How'd they get out of prison? You, You would think at this point that the Pharisees and the Sadducees would understand and know that something miraculous is happening here, but they're not getting it because they're so filled with corruption that they just don't care. They don't get it. They don't see it. Pride goes before the fall, right? That's what Proverbs says. And you can see here that these Pharisees and these Sadducees are so filled with pride and arrogance about themselves that they can't see how God is truly working. And here's what's sad about this. These were the same council members that would have put Jesus to death only months before all of this. And yet now, after Jesus has gone back up into heaven, the apostles are continuing Jesus's ministry and Jesus's work through the miracles and through the preaching of the gospel and through the healings and through everything else. And they still don't understand. They still don't care. They still don't see it. So they find the apostles back in the temple courts preaching. And so the captains went with the officers and brought them out without violence, for they were afraid that the people might stone them. So there it is again. The Pharisees and the Sadducees are only concerned about how the people view them. They're not concerned about how God views them. They're not concerned about how they might be displeasing God by arresting the apostles. They don't care about any of that. They don't care about the miracles that they're seeing. They don't care about the movement of the early church and the Holy Spirit. They don't care about any of that. They're so focused on themselves. So the apostles get brought in without violence is what it says, which is a very good thing, by the way. Christians should never show violence. It is not up to us to administer violence to anybody. And that is stated many times in scripture. 
you know, where it says verses like vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So Christians should do our best to keep the peace with everybody. Now, that does not mean that we can't enact judgment on the church. That doesn't mean that we just allow bad ideologies to come into the church and to not address them, because I've said on this podcast many times, church hurt is some of the most damaging types of hurt anybody can experience. So if we see something terrible going on in our church that could potentially cause somebody to have a deep church hurt, why would we just allow that to continue in our churches? We shouldn't allow that to continue in our churches. That means that, yes, we do have to judge our own churches and make sure that bad ideology is taken out and that the only thing that's left in our church is life-giving words like this angel talks about here. Go stand and speak in the temple to all the people, all the words of this life in verse 20. We need to be the light of the world. That's what Christians are. We are the light of the world. That means that we remove bad ideologies from our church so that nobody gets hurt in our churches. But that also means that we try to maintain peace, even under persecution, like the apostles were here. Even if we don't feel peaceful, we must maintain peace. We must be the light of the world. Alrighty, faithful listeners. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, you know what? I'm going to just let you guys go. Don't forget to be the salt of the earth and also the light of the world, because that's what Jesus tells us to be. All right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow for an episode out of Judges. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless.